The first day of a new month, and it's a football Friday. That is a recipe for success and hopefully some profitability as well. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the morning after on SportsGrid. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 204. I am your host, Ben Stevens. What a lineup we have for you on this football Friday. Football is the topic of conversation, both in the collegiate ranks and, of course, the NFL as well. A look back at Thursday night football, the Jacksonville Jaguars just find new ways to lose football games. And a look ahead to Sunday's slate, maybe even touching on a Monday night game in Los Angeles. And boy, oh boy, week five of college football is as good as it gets. Marquee matchups across the country. In the SEC, we have some showdowns. In the middle part of America, under the looking on gaze of touchdown Jesus a huge game between Cincinnati and Notre Dame and also some contests in the Big Ten as well we will go through all of it our number two it is sports grid CFB analyst Joe Lisi joining me to look at the entire college football slate and make playoff odds for the college football playoff back up once again on the FanDuel Sportsbook an update there our number three some of the wisest minds you will ever meet Jim Saunas from FanDuel and number fire looking at his weekend slate and then the sharp money out west Yanni the Greek joins us live from Las Vegas to tell you to where to put your money and where the sharps are putting their money for NFL week number four and NFL week number four got underway last night and in this first hour, Mike Blewett from right here on SportsGrid, the host of Pro Football Today, every Sunday morning from 10 a.m. Eastern to 1 p.m. Eastern, right before those early kicks. He gets you set every Sunday. He gets you set here on a Friday, a football Friday. So, Mike Blewett, pleasure to have you on the morning after. What's going on, buddy? That was a nice introduction. Appreciate it. I feel like I've got big shoes to fill. Last time somebody was in this seat, uh, tears were flowing, but no tears oh. from me unless they're tears of joy from winning uh, a couple of bets last night. Obviously a fun game last night. Uh, I think Thursday night games get beat up a lot, especially when you see some of the competition coming in. You're like, great, 0-3 Jaguars. Here we go. Thursday night snooze fest. But that wasn't really the case. Both teams overall played pretty well offensively. It was a clean game, not a lot of penalties. We had a comeback, and the Bengals win the game despite not leading all throughout. A good comeback from them. I've been skeptical of Zach Taylor's ability to get this team playing cohesively on both sides of the ball. But Burrow really did look like a star last night. And defensively, they're getting stops when they need it, although both teams overall were really good on third and fourth down. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence in that RPO game on third down made Sam Hubbard yeah. and that Cincinnati defense at time look lost, but a win for the Bengals nonetheless. Cincinnati getting the win over Jacksonville 24-21 to last night. They do not cover the Jags, their first cover of the year because entering yeah. Thursday night football, not only were they 0-3 straight up, but also winless ATS. That streak at least snapped last night, but you mentioned it blew it. The Bengals, despite not leading the entirety of the game until the clock struck triple zero after a game winning field goal the Bengals first of the game they win 24 to 21 Cincinnati now three and one straight up overall this season looking like a better side than might we have expected you mentioned Joe Burrow a great light night last night for the second year quarterback on Thursday night football a rematch of the 2019 national championship game yes I do tie things back to college football any chance I get but Joe Burrow 25 of 32 last night 348 passing yards, two touchdown strikes, both 
to C.J. Uzama. Hopefully you had C.J. Uzama as a touchdown score last night on the FanDuel Sportsbook. It was a big win for the Cincinnati Bengals as we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here the first hour of the morning after on a football Friday just getting underway. I am Ben Stevens. He is Mike Blewett. You are listening on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Mightier 1090 out on the West Coast. So Blewett, despite not holding a lead for the entirety of regulation, Cincinnati prevails, Jacksonville covers, but... Here's one of the biggest things as well. The Jags now have lost 19 straight NFL football games. They won week number one last year in 2020 against the Indianapolis Colts. They have not won a single game since then. Urban Meyer, the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, said yesterday, blew it after the game, it was a heartbreaking loss. When Urban talks about his heart, things are going really, really bad. So what's the deal with the Jags, Blewett? So I, I just think that he's going through it right now. I think he's realizing that he does not have the talent to match up with some of the other teams. I think they're trying to do their best offensively. I thought, and by the way, you tied it back to college football with these two quarterbacks. It's impossible not to think about it, right? You're just really thinking of that championship game. It's only a couple of years ago, but I I think it's important to get Lawrence out and, and utilizing that RPO, getting him running. I think We've seen this from the Giants to some extent, right, where it seems to have taken them a while to get Daniel Jones into a comfortable spot of where his sweet spot is playing uh, quarterback in the NFL. And I think, Lawrence, you just need to let him guide the way, right? It doesn't mean he has to take off on every down, but allowing him to run in that fashion, I think, displays his entire skill set. But still defensively, they don't get enough stops. Uh, They just traded away C.J. Henderson earlier this week Uh, I don't know how that improves the defense but certainly they're going to be going through it you mentioned 19 in a row I've had the Jags I'm told everybody you got to get the Jags under six and a half this year I just thought there were too many moving parts for it to get fixed right away on the flip side Bengals looking good uh, over six and a half on the season the Jacksonville Jaguars alternate team win total was four and a half. I'd like the under there at plus 240. So Thursday night football done. We look forward to the Sunday slate. Line movement across the NFL. Might these lines move more? Stay with us here. Sirius XM, Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back here on Sports Grid, it's the morning after on a football Friday. Sirius XM Channel 204 with Mike Blewett for this first hour of TMA. I'm Ben Stevens. It's time to look at line movement for the NFL Sunday slate. It's one of the most important things you can do as a sports better as you look to lay down some wagers for a weekend worth of NFL football. Where did the line open? Where has it gone to? Have you missed your best number? Is the value sapped away? That's what we give you right now. 
right now. And Mike Blewett, the first game we start with is the only line flip of the weekend across all 16 NFL games we have on tap for week number four. It was a very intriguing line to begin. The Denver Broncos at home this weekend hosting the Baltimore Ravens. The Broncos opened up as a one and a half point favorite. The line has now moved past zero. It is the Ravens who are the favorites now on the road. A small number, virtually a pick em. Baltimore favored by one now in the Mile High City. What do you make of the line flip? And do you think now that Baltimore is favored, they can still cover a small one point spread? So I think this game is pretty interesting in that we have an unexpected, perhaps, 3-0 Broncos team. But, Ben, we know what their competition was through the first three weeks of the season. Now with the loss last night, the Jets, Giants, and Jaguars, the three teams they played, are 0-10 on the season. They've been putting up just enough points to win. Obviously, they thwarted the Jets last week and and blanked them, and, and they're obviously playing well defensively. But are they're not putting up big numbers offensively. I think the Raven now, but the interesting part about their schedule is it is going to get a lot tougher. They still have a couple of easy ones out there, but it is going to get a lot tougher. That being said, is this Ravens defense that much of a tough matchup for them? Uh, we've talked about it a lot, and certainly with Ariel, when she, or your erstwhile co-host Ariel, she talked a lot about how people can talk about all the running back losses, but the loss of Marcus Peters has had a real impact on how they're able to defend. So I, I think anecdotally, you and I would sit there and most people would say, well, the Ravens are better than the Broncos, but if the Ravens aren't playing their typical brand of defense, are they really going to slow down even a moderately explosive attack from the Broncos. I think it is. I think the line is right where it needs to be. I can see this game going either way, but I would lean towards the Ravens. I do think they'll find a way to play to limit the Broncos enough, if for no other reason, that I think Lamar and the rushing attack will keep the Broncos off the field. I have a prop for this one later that I considered. I might as well say it now. The, the Broncos under team total, 22 and a half, it's kind of interesting to me because even if they pull off a win here, I don't think this is a 30 to 27 win. I think they would do it by getting some turnovers and keeping Lamar off the scoreboard. And the total for the game overall blew it kind of in that moderate range, around 45 and a half right now, currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook. I think everything you said there in your breakdown and your handicap of this game echoes the sentiments that I hold as well because you highlight what the Broncos have done this year. One of the unbeaten teams left in the NFL, one of the three unbeaten teams left in the NFL against the spread. But who have they played? The Jets, the Giants, and the Jags. Like you mentioned, now, after a loss on Thursday night football, those three teams combine records winless, 0-10 so far this season. So you also look at those offenses for the Jets, Giants, and the Jags, all ranking in the bottom 10 so far throughout three weeks of this NFL season in scoring offense. Obviously, the Ravens can rack it up, and I don't think the Broncos have seen a dynamic offense like Lamar Jackson and like what the Baltimore Ravens can present. Rashad Bateman, by the way, the rookie wide receiver out of Minnesota, activated off the IR. Might he play this week at another dimension to that passing attack for Baltimore? On the other side for the Broncos, they're a little bit banged up in their wide receiving core. Of course, Jerry Judy out for a substantial amount of time. He suffered that injury week number one. Last week, losing the speedster K.J. Hamler out of Penn State in his second year, a guy that Teddy looked to to take the top off a of defense as your big play threat and try to expose some of those issues in the Baltimore secondary. 
secondary. So as I see this game right now, despite the fact the Ravens are now the favorite laying a point instead of getting a point, I still think Baltimore goes on the road and gets a win. It's one of my favorite picks, one of my favorite sides as we look at this NFL Sunday slate in week number four. One final question for you, Blewett, about this game because I think the price here also matters. So the Ravens are laying a point. It's minus 110 on the juice. If you wanted to take the Ravens just straight up on the money line, only a point difference, two cents of difference because the Ravens are favored on the money line slightly at minus 112. Do you think there's a big difference between laying the point with the Ravens or just taking them straight up on the money line? Not here, but not at the moment. But what I would do is, yeah, I mean, certainly I I get where you're driving at. Maybe take the money line bet in order to – in order to get ahead of any potential line movement, right? If it goes up to one and a half and you just want to make sure that you're secure and you just think it's a straight up Ravens win, I think that's probably the play now. Is two cents matter a lot for most of you out there that are $100 betters? No. So I think you can money line it now, protect yourself against line movement that could go to one and a half, maybe to two. I don't expect it to move all that much, but that could happen. And Ben, this is all, we talk about this constantly. It's all about edges, and whether you're a a head coach that's trying to move the football into the middle of the field to provide a better spot for your kicker, which is it a big difference from kicking from the hash to the middle of the field? Maybe not, but there is potentially 1% difference. So let's just take advantage of the 1% difference that we have here, or the two cents, and money line it. So good point on it. When you settle for a field goal, (coughs) Manny Diaz in Miami last night, sometimes things don't happen. So take advantage where you can. The next game up blew it. Week number four, one of the best games, one of the premier games on this slate. A battle of unbeatens out in the NFC West. The Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams. This line has moved like crazy. It opened up at six in favor of L.A. It dropped to four and a half yesterday when I looked. It was three and a half now this morning on a Friday, on a football Friday, back up to four in favor of the Los Angeles Rams. A divisional matchup. What do you make of this game, Blewett? So divisional matchups with these tight spreads are not games that I fall in love with betting, although I'm as intrigued as any game to watch. I know everybody's going to talk about Tom Brady going into Gillette Stadium, and that's going to be a big storyline for a, a lot of obvious reasons. But this really is one of the most important games that we've had this year. The Rams playing a lot of tough opponents early in the season, sort of sharpening Uh, their skill set here against good teams. Uh, I'm going to take McVay here. I just like the coaching matchup, but, and you'll probably get to this, anytime Kyler is on the field, it's up for grabs. So I know you like this game for props, but if you push me on it, I would take the Rams. But if you're an Arizona backer, absolutely split your bet between taking the points and the money line because a close game like that could go either way and you end up with a win and a money line of plus 188 right now. Some of these premier games, they will put up props early in the week. So FanDuel has some props out for this game between Arizona and Los Angeles. Kyler Murray's passing yards prop, 272 and a half. Still seems a little bit low for the league's third leading passer, averaging 335 passing yards per game. I also love Kahooper Cup, as I call him. We'll get to that in just a little bit as well. The total for this game blew it 54 and a half, tied for the highest total of this week for Slate. 
Tied with the game happening in Philadelphia, the Chiefs and the Eagles. Only about a minute left here. A seven-point spread now in favor of KC. Is this a get-right spot for the Chiefs? I think so. They have not been a team that's been covering a lot of games dating back to last year. But you have to think, if we, Ben, if we look at this game two months from now, where are the Chiefs going to be, where are the Eagles going to be? I think the Chiefs are going to be in a much better position and the Eagles potentially in a worse-looking position. Uh, so I think you're getting a little bit of value here. I'd love it to be six and a half, uh, but right now I think the Chiefs are in a get-right spot. I think they can smash. It was the Chiefs minus seven and a half earlier in the week, now down laying right on that key number of seven, that touchdown number in favor of the Chiefs. That total, 54 and a half. Speaking of totals, we look across the week four slate. Small, high in the middle. Way to go from a total perspective for week number four of this NFL season. Stay with us here on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM Channel 204. I am Ben Stevens and joined for this first hour by our very own Pro Football Today's Mike Blewett here on SportsGrid every Sunday morning, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, getting you set for Sunday's slate of action across the National Football League. I'm sure one of the games they will discuss off the top of the show is one everybody is excited for. The New Orleans Saints and the New York Giants. The Giants winless so far this year. 0-3. The Saints, 2-1. The reason we talk about this game, Blewett, because it's so exciting. Look at that total. 41.5. The smallest total across the entire NFL board this weekend. You see a total of 41.5. Does it beg you to take the over even with the Giants on the field, Blewett? This is not your older brother's Giants at Saints game when we had the Eli at Drew Brees. I think it was 49-42 with uh, 12 or 14 combined touchdown passes. This is not that game. I really was looking at this game last week, trying to see the look-ahead line, see if I could get something interesting. And then the Giants lost a game that I thought they could win, and the Saints won a game I thought they could lose and I lost all the sort of future value on it. So it's sitting right here at seven. Uh, I think the Giants have really been a mess. Uh, as you know, being here in New York, the, the buzzards are circling Joe Judge, and there's a lot of uh, malcontent concerning the state of the New York Giants. And I, I just don't, I, I don't know that that offense strictly has been their issue. I, I think points could be put up here. And I think we're seeing a very depressed line based on some interesting performances from the Saints. They blow out the Packers in week one. Week two, they looked a mess, but they were a mess. They were missing all kinds of defensive starters. They were missing eight offensive assistant coaches due to COVID issues. And I think what when we look at these early season games, Ben, we have a lot of lines that are being set 
based on what has happened in the first three weeks. But you really have to take a step back and say, well, what do you think? What did you think this team was going to be? It is not a linear projection that teams, well, they if they start off slow and they'll be up to full speed at the end of the year. No, there's peaks and valleys. Teams throw up stinkers. The Packers put up three points against the Saints, and now their offense looks fine. Same with the Saints here. I think they can get back to playing better offense. I don't know that the Giants will contribute all that much, but 41.5 is a really low number when you start doing the math as to how to get there. A 27-20 game isn't all that unreasonable. Even if it was 27-17, you'll get there. So I'm tempted to bet the over on this game if only because I don't know that the line is reflective of what the Saints offense will be by season's end. And I think if you're looking for an under in this game, that total is too low for you to sweat out early on a Sunday to look at that 41 and a half. If you're looking for an under because of what Blewett just said right there, I think the target would be a team total possibly on the New York Giants. Now, anytime you have a total of 41 and a half, of course, a team total for the team that is the underdog in a seven-point spread is going to be rather minimal as well. The Giants team total right now is 16 and a half. The only time they have gone over that in their first three games was that Thursday night football game against Washington. Now, the Giants are tied for the ninth worst scoring offense so far in the league, only averaging just about 18 points a game. The Saints have the third best scoring defense in the league right now, so that's the matchup. The Saints have played all three of their games to the under, by the way, Blewett, by an average of about seven and a half points per game below what the total was. The Giants so far, two of their three games to the under. Of course, the only game that went over that Thursday night football contest against the Washington football team. So, yeah, maybe not a game we're going to see a ton of Giants highlights on red zone on Sunday, but I agree. I think the Saints have started to rectify things a little bit after week number two. They've looked pretty impressive in their two victories so far this season. Maybe, just maybe. The Giants can pull off the upset and get their first win of the season, but color me skeptical on that. There's other the team total unders, Ben. A- there's other team totals mm-hmm. that I like, but unders that I like better than the Giants. 16 and a half is very low. I get they're playing a good defense, yeah. but we'll talk about a couple others coming up. Yeah, I agree. And there's a couple that I think might be slightly inflated based on their opponent where I still think you can find some value to the under. We'll talk about those in just a minute. So the next game up with a total that's right there in the middle of the pack. I mentioned the pack. It is the Green Bay Packers hosting your Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Blewett, on Sunday afternoon. Green Bay, a six and a half point home favorite against the Steelers. The total at 45 and a half. I think the total is interesting in this one because Green Bay was the top scoring offense in the league a season ago of course they only scored three points in their season opener against the new orleans saints but have scored 30 or more in their last two games the steelers offense with an aging big ben does not look like it's moving the wheels all that well so a total of 45 and a half for this game between green bay and pittsburgh blue which side are you more likely leaning on Mm. Right there. Look at that. Look at that. Perfect timing, Ben, uh, as I'm taking a sip. So uh, I would like there to be victory in that cup, but I'm not sure that I see it for this weekend. You and I sort of talked about this the other day. I I didn't think that this offensive line could play any worse than it did at the end of last year, but here we are. They're running the ball even less effectively 
uh, now than they were at the end of last season. They effectively bailed on it against the Bengals, uh, 58 passes from Ben. I, I think if you're putting him out there and he's got to move around a lot, he's going to look every bit of 39 or possibly even older. Uh, I think the Packers are, are in a groove offensively. But to your point about this total, now the spread is going to move around a whole bunch. You've got two public teams it's now shading towards the Steelers. People don't want to lay tons of points against the Steelers team that had expectations to at least be over 500. And I think they should still be there around the end of the year. This defense was the was really the unit that was devastated last week against Cincinnati. No T.J. Watt. They were missing and had players actively playing hurt. Uh, I just think they didn't look that sharp defensively either. Um, as far as his total is concerned, this is a difficult one because are the Steelers healthy enough to at least keep this game tight? I think that's a possibility. But in the end, a home game for Aaron Rodgers, are you really going to lock him down? You know, this again, a 27-20 type game, 26-19, that's the score that would get you there. I think this number is really sharp. I think I'd look towards other totals, um, and this one will be a sweat either way. I think I think if you push me, I'm always going to go over when it's close. But I think this one could be a sweat uh, the entire time. If if you're willing to bet this total, uh, I appreciate what you're looking for on Sunday. But I'm probably out on that one. Mike Blewett, you very sharp right there because the two scores you referenced, 27 and 26 for the Green Bay Packers, that would be over and under by the hook on their team total currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Packers team total right now is 26 and a half. The Steelers, all three games hit to the under by nearly a touchdown going under that closing total. The Packers... Two of their three games have gone to the over as we have seen that offense under Aaron Rodgers start to key up a little bit here in the last two weeks. Of course, on Sunday night football against the San Francisco 49ers, the Packers scoring 30 points. That's what they did in week number three. In week number two, 35 points on Monday night football against the Detroit Lions. Neither defense, the Steelers are better, but the Packers defense is a bottom 10 scoring defense right now in the NFL. So maybe if the Steelers are going to start to get going it could happen against green bay that's why i think the total is interesting because it is very sharp and it really is an indication of where the spread is and what line movement we might see it opened up at seven in favor of green bay it has come down by a hook in favor of pittsburgh so the final game we have to discuss from a total perspective is up there past 50 at 52 another battle out in the nfc west two divisional games within the nfc west this sunday the seahawks visiting the san francisco 49ers the total for this game blew it is 52 the niners a three-point favorite we haven't seen any line movement on this game except for a few cents on the money line in the favor of san francisco so i think it's an intriguing total here as well 52 between two teams we know can certainly put up points, but how will that play out on Sunday in your mind between the Seahawks and the Niners? Obviously, a few years ago, this game would have been a slugfest, right? Two potentially good defenses, maybe more than a couple of years ago. A few years ago, this would have been two teams really going at it uh, defensively. Uh, that's clearly not the case for the Seahawks now, although we have already seen the whole let Russ cook last year and trying to let Russ cook going into the year. We've already seen Seattle slow down their pace from week one to week three. 
So it concerns me that as efficient, the amazing part about Russell Wilson is, and he's been doing this for years, is the incredible efficiency of the way he plays QB. He does not always get as many opportunities to throw the ball or make plays as other QBs, yet he is still able to put up points and have explosive plays. I am concerned about the way that they have decreased in their play rate efficiency week over week in these first three weeks. I think to some extent that Pete Carroll has lost his nerve. I think he is historically wants to be a slow it down, let's play good defense and run the ball. But that isn't really the personality of the team when your quarterback is like this. I just am worried that they won't run enough plays. Uh, they'd have to be hyper-efficient against a defense that you and I probably both consider to be really good. So I am, as much as I as much as much I like probably the Niners probably to pull this one off, I think they're the better team. I don't love the total. I'd be under here. San Fran, two or three games to the over. Seattle, two or three games to the under. We look even deeper week four right here on Sportsman. Stay with us. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A football Friday here on the morning after. Welcome back to Sports Grid Sirius XM Channel 204. I am Ben Stevens, joined by Mike Blewett for this first hour and for this final big segment of this first hour. It is our pleasure to welcome back on the show the trading director at the FanDuel Sportsbook, John Sheeran, who is returning to the show after not being here for about a week. Speaking of returns... I'm not sure if you guys have heard this or not, but Tom Brady going back to New England, taking on the Patriots in Foxborough on Sunday night. John, to me, seems like probably the most public game of the entire weekend, maybe this entire NFL season to this date. I'm sure a lot of the handle is coming in on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What does that look like on the FanDuel Sportsbook right now? Yeah, like you say, I think uh, not alone the interest in the game, uh, the narrative that Brady goes back to New England, but the media have hyped this game up so much in the last few days that you know the public just can't resist the game and you know I, I, we've taken nearly what is it nearly seven and a half thousand bets uh, on the handicap at just the, at seven and uh, six thousand nine hundred and thirty five of them are all on Tampa Bay so an incredible bias towards new uh, towards Tom Brady um, not that surprising though I guess when you look at the X's and O's this looks a tough matchup for the Patriots I'm not sure many people can get their their number we definitely can't get our number all the way to seven it was more like six and a half and um, but still not seeing any interest whatsoever on, on on the patriots so john it's pretty interesting card in that we have high profile games like the one you mentioned a very public matchup steelers packers we have very hotly contested nfc west matchups are they are they completely dominating some of the games that we already look at as duds like Washington, Atlanta, Chicago, Detroit? Are those lower uh, tier matchups for this week getting any action? 
Yeah, I mean, like all, all of the public money is focused on the New England game. Um, I've really not seen too many games like this where there's been such a concentrated interest uh, from so far out on Tuesday. You know, we had, you know, 10x the amount of bets on this game than we did on any other game. And wow. regardless of whether it's another good card or a bad card, um, this game will dominate, I guess, all the way through to Sunday night. John, because this game is Sunday night and because we sit here on a Friday morning, I still think even more public attention over the next 48 hours or so will focus on the Pats and the Bucks. Do you expect this line to move anymore if there keeps being that public interest in Tampa Bay? Yeah, I mean, from our perspective, we're happy at seven. We probably wouldn't move it unless there was an aggressive market move or a late injury uh, update uh, between now and kickoff. Um, I find it hard to believe that everybody else in the marketplace isn't in the same shape as we are in the uh, in the field book with uh, a complete bias towards Tampa Bay. And I think the pressure on the market for sure will keep it at a touchdown. I'd be amazed if I saw it drop underneath. We may see some late sharp play, people that are maybe holding uh, their bets on New England in the idea that that weight of money will move it further towards and maybe get the hook at seven and a half. Um but I'm surprised by the lack of interest in New England. Like I said, our ratings don't get it all the way to seven. I'd be very surprised if other professional batters didn't have the same opinion. So um, I'm surprised how quiet they've been. But like I said, they may be just holding their powder, half, hoping to get an extra half point. Uh, how about another high-profile team in the Kansas City Chiefs not off to the start that they expected? They're going into Philly this week. They have not been a team that has been covering for the better part of the last year. Uh, but here they sit as seven-point favorites on the road. Uh, has it been difficult to sort of settle in the type of team that Kansas City is? Or is this just chalked up to a couple of fluky plays one way or the other? Yeah, it, it's very, very interesting. I mean, obviously the, the narrative is, is centered around the idea that the Chiefs can't cover a spread and haven't done so for the last year and a half. And, you know, the truth of it is that people don't seem to care. I don't know whether it's the fact that they've come back from deficits so often. Uh, the Obviously, super, super quick strike, strike offense that they have. And now they had Josh Gordon as well. I'm not sure why they needed more speed, but... Um, they get him into the mix now as well. And regardless of their performance against the spread, the public continue uh, to want to always take the Chiefs. Uh, like you said, this is this is high, but it is the number we made it. We made this a seven-point game, but I think you could argue on this season's performance it probably would be a little lower. A lot of our seven is, is aggressively based on our priors and uh, being slow to adjust them. I wouldn't panic if I was a Chief fan yet. Uh, I trust that coaching offense. I think they sometimes play down to their offense and or to their opponents, and then they keep a lot of offensive plays and a really good coaching for the days that they really need them. So no need to panic just yet. The Chiefs one and two straight up this season, winless against the spread. Zero oh and three. John, another one of the marquee matchups out west this week: the L.A. Rams and the Arizona Cardinals. A great matchup in the NFC West, and we have seen a decent amount of line movement on this game. It opened at L.A. minus six, now down to three and a half as of last night. This morning, back up to four in favor of the Rams. How do you break down this matchup between the Rams and the Cards? Yeah, I think this is super interesting. This might be the most interesting game of, of the week. Um, we made this game five and a half. Uh, we were we were six, I think, early on, on Monday. Uh, we saw some really sharp action at six. There was a lot of interest in the Cardinals at six. Uh, and hence why you've seen, you know, the industry move towards three and a half. 
uh, will lean pretty heavily with the Rams uh, at anything underneath where it is now, three and a half, four. Uh, like I said, our number was five and a half. Um, I just think it'll be really interesting to see how the Rams shape up defensively against Arizona. You know, the penalties have been killing them. Yeah, they've been performing well, but they've been in good spots. And now they come up against, a, you know, maybe an overrated defense, but a, a defense that's got really, really talented players. Um, obviously, like Donald and Ramsey, that can be, I think, pretty disruptful on the Arizona offense. And, you know, I think they'll give them little bits of plays, small plays. I think they'll find room to run for three and four yards at a time, a bit like the defense they played against the Chicago Bears. So I, I initially looked at this game. I was like, how is there not going to be 70 points in it? Um, but I've kind of leaned towards the under the more I've looked at it since because I think Los Angeles will do a good job of limit, limiting Arizona possessions in the game. One uh, quick one for me, Dallas uh, taking on the Panthers this weekend, four and a half point spread. Carolina, 3-0 and team, yet they're going into Dallas and a clear dog here. So there's, there's belief uh, on your part in the Cowboys long term. I, I, I think they've been really good really this year uh, thus far, but uh, clearly you, you have them with an edge over the Panthers even on a neutral field. Yeah, I mean, we have this game as a as Dallas favored by five. I think, you know, again, the priors, Mike will play a big part in that. Um, Caroline yeah. obviously been um, really good defensively this season. Um, I think they've had good spots again, though. And I think, you know, that Dallas offense can hurt you every single way. And Dak's been amazing since he's been back. I thought Zeke ran the ball with far more confidence last week. And, and Pollard's a really good backup option there as well. So as long as the Cowboy offensive line can stay healthy and, and give Dak a, a dig out. I think that's the right side. But like I said, at four, four and a half or five, it's a reasonably big number given you know that you know the Dallas Cowboys uh, defense is, is obviously pretty weak. A battle of unbeatens against the spread. The Dallas Cowboys, a perfect 3-0. and The Carolina Panthers, a perfect 3-0 and as well. John Sheeran, the director of trading at the FanDuel Sportsbook, hopping on a plane out to the desert. We'll be in Las Vegas over the weekend as well. John, as always, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. John Sheeran telling you where you should look to put some of your money. Mike Blewett and I now do that as well. Everybody knows this about me. In certain parts of the country, they call me Big Ten Ben. I believe in establishing the run. How do you establish the run? You run the triple option. And we are going to do that right now by giving you our three favorite plays of the weekend from a side, total, and prop perspective for this Sunday slate of NFL week number four. Mike Blewett, you are the guest today on this show. Please begin. My mother taught me manners. Look at you. Thanks, buddy. Uh, age before beauty, I suppose, in this instance. But uh, my triple option, uh, you and I are really on the same game. I think we both like Baltimore, but I wanted to mix it up here. So I'm going to go with uh, the Tennessee Titans. Until the Jets prove to me that they can act like an NFL team and coach like an NFL team and block like an NFL team, uh, I'm going to go against them. Uh, and I know it's an easy sort of format to just say, ah, bet against the Jets or bet against the Jaguars. If you did that last night, you would have lost. But I think the coaching matchup here, I, I do think Vrabel uh, has an edge over Sala here. So, yes, it's on the road, but I'm under the key number of seven right here. So I'm going to lay the six and a half. I think Tennessee, that was a really big win for them in Seattle uh, a couple of weeks back, and I, I think it, it prevented them from going into any kind of a slide. They're, they are at risk defensively, 
but I think they can put enough heat on the Jets to make it uncomfortable. Uh, I like them under six and a half. I like them to lay the six and a half. I'm going to correlate my bet. I just don't think the Jets are, I think the Jets are broken offensively, Ben. I've been saying this Mm -hmm. for months. It is a first-time head coach with a first-time NFL offensive coordinator that has never called plays in the NFL. The last time Mike LaFleur called plays was in 2013 when he was at Davidson College. Shout out to Steph Curry. That's the last time he called plays, and it looks like it right now. So I'm going to have them under the 19 and a half right here. And I go. For, we talked about it being a get-right game for Kansas City. While I think the Chargers have now shown people the playbook, and they're not the first team to do it, bracketing Tyreek Hill and keeping him from getting deep, I actually don't think Philly has the personnel to do this effectively. And I think Tyreek Hill will get loose here uh, once or twice. I'll take him over 78 and a half. Uh, I like to get him at a number, which is maybe a little bit depressed from where it should be considering his talent level. Uh, So that's my three. That's my triple option. The triple option, you run it very well, Mike Blewett. The total for that game, again, between the Chiefs and the Eagles is 54.5. If the Chiefs are going to get right and they're going to hold up their end of the bargain as it pertains to that over-under, then I think there will be some air yards to be had in Philadelphia on Sunday. My triple option looks as so. As Mike Blewett alluded to, I think we both feel pretty good about the Baltimore Ravens, even now as the road favorite with the line moving past zero in the Ravens' favor against the Denver Broncos in Denver. Colorado in the Mile High City on Sunday. The Broncos, yes, they are 3-0, and but their three wins so far this year, the Giants, the Jags, and the Jets, those three teams now a combined winless 0-10 so far this year. When you look at those scoring offenses as well, bottom 10 in the NFL, the Broncos have been very good. The best scoring defense, the second best total defense in the NFL. I think they get their first test against Lamar Jackson in that Baltimore Ravens side. Look out for Rashad Bateman, the rookie wide receiver out of Minnesota. I'm going to mention him at all times. If he is healthy and able to play, adds another dimension to that Ravens offense. So I think Baltimore even laying the points now, minus one, my side of the week, maybe even money line at minus 112 if it doesn't move too far past the juice. Like Blewett said right there with the Jets, maybe an inflated team total looking to take an under. I feel that way about the Patriots team total of 20 against the Bucks on Sunday night. The Pats offense has really been stalling this year. The Bucks defense has not been good, but I think they look more like what they did last year in their Super Bowl winning year than they have so far through the first three weeks. Patriots team total under of 20 and a prop to end it out. Cooper Cup, as long as they keep posting these total reception prop, which are not out yet, you have to look at Cooper Cup. He has been targeted the second most amount of times in the NFL so far this year by his quarterback, Matthew Stafford. That's my key handicap anytime I look at receiving yards or reception props, the targets and a connection from a quarterback. So that, the triple option. We run it well. Army, Navy, they would be proud of us, Mike Blewett. That is for sure. We end out our number one with our fade the public poll. Public, Tampa Bay, New England. We hear your thoughts. That's coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
back right here on Sports Grid the morning after on Sirius XM Channel 204 with Mike Blewett as we round out this first hour. I am Ben Stevens. The most public game maybe of the last couple of seasons in the National Football League. Tom's return to New England. Brady and the Bucks taking on the New England Patriots. So you, the public, how are you approaching this game between the Bucks and the Pats? It's time to find out and Fade the Public. So, Mike Wu, we just had on the director of trading at the FanDuel Sportsbook and John Sheeran. He said they have taken about 7,500 bets, maybe even more than that if I'm mixing up my numbers. But a good majority of them, 6,900 of those 7,500, are, of course, on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the spread. The number is seven. The results of the Fade the Public poll, well, the public agreeing with John Sheeran. Nearly 70% of you guys out there thinking that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will not only win in Tom's return, but cover that number. Mike Blewett, seven points, a lofty spread. What do you think of Sunday night football between the Bucs and the Pats? I can't bet against Tom Brady in this spot. I, I think that a lot of the gambling math that we just talked through with John leads you to believe that you should take the points. And the Patriots getting seven points at home historically feels like a gift. But unfortunately, the guy playing quarterback on the other side is the reason that it would make you feel like you're getting a gift. Uh, I, I just I think Brady looks under the weather right now, by the way. If you've been seeing these press conferences, mm-hmm. they're saying he's got a cold. It's not COVID-related. So uh, if he's feeling a, even close to 100%, I think you get a little bit of a taste of a Michael Jordan flu game here. I think he wants to smash them, the quiet assassin. I, I think don't think he he'll talk well. about it, but I think he wants to smash them. Oh, he's saying the right things. Bill Belichick saying the right things as well. Mike Blewett, the host of Pro Football Today, every Sunday morning, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, getting you set for the Sunday slate. Mike Blewett, thanks very much for your time. Thanks, bud. Talk soon. We will talk to Mike Blewett soon. Next, we talk to Joe Lisi. College football, hour number two, up next. <laughs> 